0: Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. I suggest to you that the coronavirus pandemic hoax is simply a means to corral and prepare the captive audience for the main event. The world population sat at home, socially isolated, disheartened, brainwashed to the nth degree by months and maybe years of constant programming with nothing to do but watch the telescreen, Hungry for the main event. It is too easy to think that the corona hoax is the main event. The final act is still to come and I suspect it may be something that we have not yet thought of, unless perhaps we can read the tea leaves. Yes, I am suggesting that the current worldwide hoax we are going through at present is in preparation for something greater, and there are two ways to prepare, to let those who run the show prepare you, or to take the great opportunity at hand and ready your soul.
1: Okay then, this is TNG and I'm back again with another episode of The Last Wonder of Belief. Joining me today is Daipee Daipee. Hello there, Daipu.
0: Hello. Good to have you back, mate. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Now is that
1: truth? Is that is are you really doing very well?
0: I am at this point in time because I'm talking to you with TNG.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because the subject today that we're talking about is it's a bit of a I wouldn't say it's a tangent completely from what we've talked about in the last three episodes, but it does go a, a bit further up the chain. Um, if that's the correct terminology. Um, so we're going to be talking today about programming from beyond the grave. I don't know if you want to uh, just give me a brief overview of where we're going with this diaper, but you're all prepared. It seems like you've got lots of notes and lots of things to present to us today fire away my friend
0: okay well yeah programming beyond the grave and i do have a framework laid out but unfortunately my writing is so terrible that (laughs) if i stumble a bit it's because i can't always read my writing but we'll see how we go so the first point i'd like to make is that for most people listening to this podcast it'll be pretty obvious that we're programmed within this life or perhaps within this controlled realm that we find ourselves in oh or better, this contained realm that we find ourselves in. And this takes the form of mind control, or you could view it as harvest in the sense of narcissistic supply or gaslighting. But the question I wanted to ask and talk about is, is this programming and mind control limited to this life or this place, or this contained realm, is it possible that one could find themselves, that they've broken free, or they think they have broken free of the programming within this realm, but not realize that they are still subject to higher levels? And these higher levels affect man, or they're designed to affect him, after he leaves this physical realm, or after his bodily death. And the reason I think about it is that I was in a I was in a cult. I was in an orthodox monastic an orthodox monastery. And I left this, but what I found was I had simply left a particular form of the world cult. But then I found myself within this broader world cult, which is a way of seeing this mind control system that was an extremely traumatic experience whilst i was within the cult i found it hard to leave because of personal relationships should i stay to help other people when i'd seen through it there's a turmoil of gaslighting there's this question what the hell am i doing
1: i just want to cut in there dipy and just say for anybody who's listening and hasn't watched one of your new videos and your old one are you in a cult that's some most exceptional video production and rather different to what you normally do. I'll probably put a link in the show notes to, the, to those two videos anyway. Yes, yeah, certainly recommend anybody go and watch those videos. Certainly gives you an idea of what Dave is talking about because while people may envision that, <laughs> being in a monastery or being part of church, Christianity in general could be viewed or is viewed as a, as a cult, the world at large, the whole environment, the whole of society being presented as a cult is something maybe rather new to a lot of people. So I just wanted to, sorry to cut in there, Dave, but thought I'd just say yeah, that.
0: That's fine. And in addition to when I call it a cult, because a common response to that would be, well, anything could be viewed as a cult if you view it in a certain way. If you take the cult experts, they usually talk about a destructive cult. And this broader world cult, I would say, isn't just like a cult is in culture, but specifically in the sense of a destructive cult. And I am working on a part three, which is to correct some of my earlier mistakes. But to get back to it, so that's how hard it was when I was within the cult, once I'd seen through it. But what I found when I came back to the world... Not just seeing the whole world as a form of this destructive cult, but the gaslighting and the programming operates after you leave. So when you're in there, you're programmed. But when you leave, this programming is affecting you to try and drag you back in. And I was contacted by someone on Reddit who used to be an Orthodox Christian and was quite, would visit monasteries often. I won't mention them by name. And they are having a particularly hard time because what they are finding is they have these these constant thoughts and worries about maybe they made a big mistake oh the things they told me would happen when i left the monastery they're happening and these these questions and and they're feeling like they should maybe they made this big mistake and want to go back now i'm was quite careful because i can't tell them what to do i just described my own experience and i found in my experience a lot of the programming and gaslighting whether it was intentionally done this way but it certainly has the effect of trying to pull you back into the cult after you left. And when I described that to this person, they found that it fitted exactly with what they experienced whilst within and what was happening without. So applying that particular form to this general world destructive cult, and we only really leave this cult, I guess, in a certain sense, once with physical death. But have we actually left this destructive cult if we include the full effects of its gaslighting and mind control? Is anyone thinking about, even if they think they're free of it now and they've seen through the cult whilst within it, how much of the gaslighting and programming is designed or intended or even if not will affect them and will make them come back into this world-destructive cult, which you could view as many ways, but the provided one is like this soul trap or this recycling of souls or reincarnation matrix.
1: Just rolling back to your statements about the drawing back into the monastery or into the into that cult can you be a bit more specific on what you think what is it maybe an example of what would draw you back in is it guilt or fear of the overall construct of the god devil type scenario that you think is maybe playing on that person's fears or is it simply just also normalization so from the fact that your behaviors and your you know everything you do everything the root all the routines and rituals that have been set up for you while in that cult <laughs> using that word is it also the absence of that in your life you've normalized that that existence that experience and even though you may may think it's bad in your mind, you're not leaving because of the normalization. You're not leaving because of the ritual that you've performed every day, some cases years and years and years. In your mind you're leaving because of you can see the gaslighting, you can see the the narcissism, the the way they're treating you, but then are you being pulled back? Is it that normalization do you think that's playing into that as well?
0: I think there's, there's many aspects, certainly that normalization. Then you have to readapt to the world. And then there's, if you're being gaslighted heavily, once you escape from it, there's this initial sense of relief. But, and I'm just using this, this provided framework, but there's this idea of complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And so once you get over this relief, the effects of the gaslighting have profound effects on you, which you have to try and get over. And it's very difficult. And these effects are very real, like despair, despondency, anxiety, all these things. But whilst you're in the cult, you're told, ah, if you you turn away from Christ, then you will find these things will happen to you. And so they're associating that. They're associating the real natural ways that you have to try and undo the gaslighting and how this will affect you with turning your back on Christ. So whilst you're going through this, you don't know, and you're like, "Oh, maybe it was because of that. Then you have the heaven and hell programming, which uh, if you leave the cult, then you're subject to that as well, weighing on you these eternal consequences. So they manage to... Bind in the natural effects of leaving monk control into their original programming, and that's some of the strongest and hardest to deal with. And then they'll say, "Oh, the world is like a—they won't use these words—a complete shit show outside the monastery of Outcry." Blah blah blah. And the world is like that. So When you come out, you see what they described. You're like, "Oh, maybe they were right." See? So they're they're pre preempting what you will experience in their programming.
1: Okay. I I just one question. And I know I'm sidetracking a little bit, but w- what is the advantage of these Orthodox monasteries? To so even having these people join up as priests and or as I don't know, monks, whatever the the title is, what is the the gain for them? for this cult to have people I mean in my interpretation of a monastery a lot of these guys obviously yourself would have been included in this are basically separated from the outside world most of the time living within their own room most of the time uh, obviously taking part in certain events and again our sermon rituals and whatever practices throughout the day but what in your mind is the actual aim of this cult that they even do this what what is the what function does that serve does that serve the system
0: I guess on one level there's the old harvest or narcissistic supply the harvest of worship and then I guess on a petty lowest, lower level someone gets to the level of priest they get to imagine themselves that they're some holy person they get to play out their dreams of controlling other people and in order to function a, to keep a monetary function you just need you know people to do work for you i get that kind of bit
1: but what i don't when i when i look at these things i would try and like it so if i liken that to like the catholic church structure in the catholic church structure you you having the general interaction with the public the whole focus of the catholic church really is to instill their doctrine on the public at large but with a monastery with that system yes you're capturing people from the public and putting them into that environment but you're not having the effect on the masses that you would in the other system uh, see what, see what I, I mean?
0: I do see what you mean, but you do. It provides an idea. Oh, there's a wasp in my room. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it buzzing. It provides this idealist, this ideal of Christian life. To so those in the world who are struggling with their thoughts about it, oh, it doesn't really seem like it should be, they say, oh, but look at that monastery. These these monks really doing it. And it confirms certain aspects of them. And then they'll come and visit as pilgrims. And they only really see the facade. And they'll be like, oh, yes, this really confirms it in me. I see these people living the true life of Christ, blah, blah, blah. So the monasteries serve an important aspect of, of cementing the, the mind control for the broader cult. Right. They see him wearing, you know, their robes and going to church early. And then they're like, oh, oh, yes, this all is true. true." And like they come back again and again because it like recharges their spiritual batteries or whatever. Right.
1: It's quite a
0: web, isn't it? The Christian doctrine. (laughs) It really is. And it's it, it affects people for life once they see through it. So it leaves scars on on one it certainly seems that way tng i'm just going to put myself on mute this whilst trying to get out the window and if i open it it'll bugger off go on then I'm back.
1: <laughs> back from your battle with the Predator. <laughs> yeah.
0: The human flew off as soon as I tried to get there. When I, when I bent my cord even more. I <laughs> had to it to fix that. Oh, dear. It's funny. A break in the proceedings, eh? Once man leaves this physical realm, or this this certain aspect of the mind control system, how much of the program that we're, we're subject to is designed to still affect him. Or even if he thinks he's left the programming to draw him back in. So it could be looked as, as in physical death or if one thinks they've left it in their mind. So there's the ideas of reincarnation or the lords of karma or standing bef- judgment before God. And then perhaps one thinks one is free of the programming of this world then they leave they have a physical death and there isn't really any evidence to say that in some regards our consciousness doesn't continue and that we still face agents or the demiurgic system and that we're subject to guilt what about the people that you love and you left behind it was a test and you didn't quite pass it you had too many sins and you'll go to hell but you can go back and try and repent you still have a karmic debt which you have to pay, or you stand before the Lords of Karma and you agree to them deciding your fate for you. So, and a lot of these are in provided stories, but I have the sense that I don't want to come back to this realm, but I wonder if I'm still carrying programming, which after my physical death, I'll be faced with certain circumstances, And if I'm not prepared for that, I will end up coming back into this realm and continuing like a slave cycle. In the prequel, kind of touched
1: on some of the types of programming that you're talking about. And obviously, the Christian doctrine, again, is one big mind mind meld in that area. As you say, the the heaven-hell dichotomy. And one thing I did mention was is that all of these things do seem to give the impression of going out of the realm to something else anyway which it seems to indicate from all the deception that goes on around us that we've we uncover day to day with this what i call the underworld system everything seems to be opposite to to what we're taught so just from the very nature of the lessons or i don't know if you call them lessons but the yeah again the programming that we're given with the fact that it's telling us that you're getting out if you're a good boy jesus will take you to heaven if you're a bad boy satan will take you to hell but then also you have the the doctrines of the atheists as well or the scientism believers where you just don't exist at all when you die that's completely the end of it and then you have what i term as like a in the middle of the road path so we see a lot of well a lot of movies and series and you know TV programs and stories and fictional novels and things like this giving us an interpretation of what happens after you die. And then we also have people who have died. ...have actually died briefly and returned... ...and there are many, many thousands of these witness statements... ...if you can call them that... ...where they're saying that the old white light... ...and following the white light. So from the very nature that everything seems to be back to front... ...while we're here anyway... ...and the fact that pretty much everything is telling us... ...that we leave this place when we die or at the worst case scenario, just cease to exist altogether, it would kind of give some kind of indication that it's more likely that we do actually come back in <laughs> instead, and at least from a Western perspective.
0: All of the provided ideas about what you're talking about for escape, perhaps apart from perhaps apart from atheism, but if you look at the provided methods, like the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the Nag Hammadi text, the Bible, the Hinduism, karmic, Debt, and then provided Gnosticism, where you need to uncover some you know, esoteric knowledge. And if you have that, then you don't come back. They are all provided answers within this truth and lie system. And there's something that you have to gain from within the system in order not to come back, which seems quite bizarre to me. The only thing I can think of is that you just have to have a certainty in your head. You just decided that, like, fuck all of it just not coming back. I don't care what an angel says, what a demon says. I don't care about my karmic debt. I'm done with all of that. I mean, if you take atheism, though, the problem there seems to be that it's telling you that you're just going to go into this non-existence. Now, if that's not true, then you're going to be, once you do die, you're going to be completely unprepared and you're just going to be ripe for whatever blooming programming that you're carrying with you is. And then just to add to what you said, I made a video called I'm Not Coming Back. And in it, I present aspects of the underworld system that you talk about. So in a sense, that's what I'm talking about, I'm not coming back to. And then I also juxtapose that with images from V for Vendetta of, you know, it's almost like man who's just... They've seen through all the stories, and they're just done with it all. And because they are done with it all, they then actually have some freedom. So it's quite possible to me that when I say I'm not coming back, I'm meaning it not even necessarily within the sense of to this realm, but in the sense of being completely done with the gaslighting and the programming, so that even after death, it can't touch you. And you may even then still come back in. And this idea of I'm not coming back might not even mean a disregard for this system. I could quite easily regard it in the sense of we're being provided these ideas of escape and as you say, everything's upside down. And it's actually man finally dropping this programming and just wiping out, like the system just crumbles around him. So he's not actually giving up on being, but it's the, it's, I'm not coming back to the synthetic underworld, but I'm still, be engaging with true reality or true being i didn't really explain that very well i don't think
1: well i don't think it's that i think that you didn't explain it too well i just think it's such a it's such a say complicated but it's such a big big thing to think about isn't it so it's there's many there's many many factors we can throw in all over the place so I, i don't know where you want to go with this kind of next but there's a number of ways you can you can certainly go but i I suppose it's for me personally it's there's still too many unanswered questions for me to there's no definitive answer so while i can see that yes preparing yourself to say that you don't want to come back to this system is at the end of the day if it is the absolute case that you go out you die and you recycle back in again obviously you're coming back in again as an infant again to me there's no there's no objective proof at all that there is another version of this reality anywhere else to me this is from what I From my own life experience, from what I, and I'm talking spiritually as well, is that this is, or appears to be, or could possibly be, the only place there is, yeah? there is no other place and whether uh, we could debate or die subjectively on whether you can come back into this place not in the physical sense and there is so what we have the underworld layered over the the synthetic underworld as in man's reality overlaid over the natural world and is there another world layered over that in actuality that is non-material as it were or maybe interacts with the material world there's so many questions and so <laughs> we just don't have the answers do we so this this preparing yourself not to come back does that is that rooted in the fact that you've discovered so much about what the nature of this world that we live in you know actually is and you don't like that i don't like that (laughs) i don't like the fact that we're deceived on on so many levels and i know you was going to answer this ask this question do you want to come back well when when you've uncovered so much yeah when you've uncovered that so many so many lies there are lies and who would Want to come back to that, but the escape, the escape scenarios—that surely to me is one of the biggest parts of the programming. Is that they've give us such some really, and when I look at them, they are some really. Basically infant scenarios, aren't they, that, that were, were provided with the heaven hell dichotomy for one. What is even heaven? You know what I mean? What what is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's just the concept of, of living in a heaven under the under the dictat of another dictator. Because <laughs> that's essentially what it's saying, isn't it? You you know, we're we're gonna be come to my wonderful world and I'm the boss. I'm the boss here. Just to say, I'm in mean, the one you just left. <laughs> it's 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 one big mind-numbing. Oh, I'm gonna say one big mind fuck after another. It really is. It is. Uh,
0: but when I say I'm I'm not coming back, and you obviously you're correct about the provided means and ideas of escape. What I'm more, what I think could be wrong. I'm more talking about is if I go back to my monastic experience. You know, I thought through it all again and again and again. At some point, I just saw through the nonsense. And then once I was gone, I was gone in mind well before I was gone in physicality. And then once I'd gone, it's, it almost sounds like a p- thing that people say all the time about having left a cult. I have no contact. I don't think about what they're doing. The people that are still there, I know it's not my business to help them if they want to stay there. It almost seems like another existence to me. Even talking about it seems rather a bizarre thing. And I realized that that whole experience, all of my beliefs about it were just on like the periphery of my soul. They weren't, There were nothing, I'd never really held them deep inside. I was just done with it. And I just, that's it for for me and I'm not going back there and I'm not entertaining their ideas anymore. And so even when it's whether you come back physically to this place all these kind of things, whether there's a means of escape, whether there's a certain knowledge which I have to find out from a text found in 1950 in a bin, I'm done with all their provided means of escape. Even if like a monk turned up to me today and like tried to convince me and told me about heaven and hell. I'm done with it. So, whilst I'm still within this system, my only intention is to try and live decency with sincerity and honesty, to try and like just be done with the gaslighting bullshit. But once my time ends, I don't know what that means. But the only thing I'm certain is I'm applying the same thing. And primarily, I'm talking about the synthetic like overlay or the underworld or. The truth and lie system or this the way that we're because this whole system basically functions on the way that we're made and it's like a mockery the way that we're made here and i'm not coming back into the same type of being the same type of existence where i'm cut off from most of what my mind is experiencing i have to deal with things through these external senses. i have to go through this gaslighting i am applying the same thing that i am done with this system, this construct, and I am not under any circumstances coming back. What other agents of this demiurgic system that meet me when I leave it, I'm done with them as well. I'm not going to argue with them. They can show me their door to heaven and hell, whatever. And I, as far as I can see, I'm not, that's the only thing which is of myself, which I can carry with me. And whatever the repercussions are of that, then fine, whatever, if they just cycle me back anyway. But if I'm coming back to this synthetic world, I'm coming back with that idea that I'm still done with it. And it may not be the solution for other people, but that is my mentality. Whilst I'm here, I've got unfinished business. I don't know how much I've truly internalized that because I'm still within the cult. And it's just like when I was still in the monastery and I still have these flitterings either way. It's still a bit in this turmoil with it. But I know this process I've been through before. And I've known it, I even understand after death, I may go through this same type of thing, but this is the only thing that I have. Which is of my own, which I'm not relying on their bullshit for. If my if my idea overlaps with their bullshit tech provided text at some point, doesn't surprise me. I think they purposely released all these like nag Hamadi texts in the 1950s to preempt people starting to see through the system, and then they have their provided escape means, so you're kept in the truth and lie demiurgic system. But I don't care about their provided means of escape. I don't care about what atheism says. I don't care about what any of it says. Even if they, I have no choice about being recycled in. I'm still going with that thought that I'm not coming back to this synthetic bullshit, the way that they design mankind, the way my mind functions, the way that my senses functions, the way I'm affected by chemicals. And if they do cycle me back in, I'm coming back with it. And I don't think I've ever come back to this world with that thought before. So even now they might you know drag me back in this time. And there's still two possibilities and we don't know either way. One is by having this mindset, this is what I'm just gonna like eventually just take down this goddamn system, not in the sense they're saying, but because I'm done with it, like in V for Vendetta, or I'm just not coming back to this physical realm. And it doesn't mean I'm done with being, but this construct, which is made up within, say it's made up within the broader reality, like a bubble, I'm not coming back with it. Even if I love people, even if they're left behind, even if they've made a decision to stay, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back and I'm done with their bullshit.
1: Which is totally understandable, to be honest. It certainly is in my mind. There's a lot of people out there, even in the, the alternative conspiracy truth realm, if you want to say that, that kind of put a veneer on things. And while it is good to live your life, positively and to think that you know everything is going to be okay i'm all for that to notice and face up to the things that are going on in the world most people just block these things off don't they and the other thing i was going to say was is that The one thing that is noticeable, though, from what you're saying, and I'd say it from my own thoughts, too, is that because we've seen what goes on here and how everything seems to be working, the system itself is all-encompassing. There is no remedy. There is nowhere to go to really physically while here in this realm escape, what is going on. There are I think somebody posted I can't remember who it was now, I think I don't know whether it was Sean or Al or somebody had posted I think it might have been Al actually who posted a video of some Chinese people who still live in a cave and are still touching touching society very, very lightly. But the authorities, so the state, is working very, very hard to tease them into normal everyday life even going to the extent of building them houses uh, but then building them different houses to the ones that they were promised these people are turning around and saying no we, we want to carry on living in our cave you've given us houses that you didn't say an excuse basically for not taking them up on the offer but under the guise of poverty and removing poverty what the chinese government is doing is basically trying to enlist these people as more farmhands So there is nowhere to go. So what I was saying is that it's this like deep, psychological, rooted feeling inside you that while you're here, and you say you've got unfinished business, whatever your unfinished business is, DP, that's your private unfinished business. But to me, it's this yearning. There's a yearning inside of me. If this system could be collapsed, if enough people could see the system for what it is, it could so easily just be changed, but the programming and everything that's given to us from birth is so vast. Just the acceptance of the state and things like this as a, as a mechanism of controlling your life, 99% of the people in the civilization just accept that and vote for it and whatever else, you know, give their consent to it. But this world could be very different if people wanted it to be. Even the thought of what's going to happen after your death. Why should that be a concern to you? You don't want to come back to the system. You don't want to come back to this world because it's so damn bad. It's so damn bad. Yeah, I,
0: I share those thoughts. And yeah, my, my phrase, unfinished business, is slightly nebulous, but it's not that far removed from what you say. Because, I mean, I have no intention of committing suicide. I don't see it as a crime or a sin. But for me, I think it was a mistake because I don't know how firmly centered or cemented I have this idea of I'm not coming back. And once this idea dawns on you, I see the rest of my time here not as, doesn't mean I can just behave like a novent, but as I say, to act with decency, sincerity, honesty. But if this idea is firmly within me, then I should be able to face the system for what it is. And I too have this yearning for this system to come tumbling down. And if an aspect of this feeling of not coming back to this place because of the system which has been overlaid, then there is a possibility that that perhaps this freedom which it provides is the only means. When one still loves certain aspects of the system, then it's never going to go away and I'm not saying it would be the end product of it, but if it was, all well and good, and I'm still not coming back to the system, if that makes sense. But I'm certainly done with this system. And if I'm departing it and it's still in place, I'm I'm not coming back to it. So whilst I'm here, my I'm not coming back to the system has a certain sense, which I know for a fact I'm not living. So there's kind of two aspects to it.
1: There's nothing wrong in my view of setting your boundaries and drawing your lines and what you're proposing is like that's the ultimate one isn't it we all know we're going to die at some point preparing yourself for the possibilities makes sense doesn't it it does make sense to do that anyway
0: but that's a really good way of putting it and i think the way that we've prepared ourselves for that aspect has a very important role and how we act whilst we're still here. So when you say, what's the reason for thinking about what happens after death and these things like this, I would say it's almost a greater part of it could be viewed in not about what will happen after death, but how one is able to act now on the terrain, not just thinking about things, but does this idea about death and then what thought one will carry with them or how they will anticipate what is to come has a direct effect on how we are living now. But then
1: you come back to the old courage thing again, don't you, while you're living here and... Just how much noise are you prepared to make? It doesn't matter if you're not coming back. There is that, but obviously the thing that is on, you know, I would say a lot of people's minds maybe is that we can see what's going on today. I know there's different views on how bad it is so far. It's just something as simple as like wearing a mask. Is that If you're just talking about nipping into a shop for five minutes to go and pick up a multi-pack of crisps or something, then so what? You know what I mean? And just laugh at it. But, I mean, it actually actually strikes me as being quite funny now that uh, if I have to go in the post office to pay some money and to get it through to my bank account, I have to wear a mask to go yeah. into a post office. Now, nothing is more hilarious to me than that. It
0: really is funny. So... You know, have to dress like an armed robber.
1: And I get all the, the, the concerns about health people wearing masks and certainly if I was doing a service industry job or something like that where I had to wear a mask all day for eight hours a day, uh, I would not. I would certainly just not do that and that is just stupid. But, uh, yeah, the, just uh, <laughs> the fact that you're going to a post office amuses me no end with a mask on. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's where this philosophy of how you're going to live, up to this point of death, going forward, is it's a bit of a bind, really, isn't it? Because it's not clear exactly what is happening even now out there in the world, and all we we can see and can know is is that the flipping state is lying to everybody in every country about what's going on at the moment. So living your life in the philosophy that you mentioned yes, uh, you're bound to come up against some pushback at some point so hence what i said about the courage and what this could possibly lead to it's,
0: it's true and i it's something i've been thinking about a lot is what is and i mean this generally metaphorically but i suppose there is a there is a very real aspect to it uh, what hill am i prepared to die on And it's the same for all sides. I saw a video, a new subscriber to my channel, and I checked out his videos, and he was recording himself at the Trafalgar Square protests. And he's going up to the police and asking, what line will you not cross? Where I am in Jersey, they've pretty much given the, the states of Jersey, the local government, the power to do anything they deem necessary to control the spread of coronavirus. And again, I put in a letter I wrote in the beginning of this thing that they need to consider what line are they not willing to cross, willing to do anything. But if these questions that we ask about the control system, these same questions apply to ourselves and our interactions with and how much we are within the control system, what are we willing to accept in order just to carry on living within the system. No one can answer this for another person because everyone's circumstances are different. If you have children and you have to provide for people or you have an elderly relative, there's no one else to look out for them. These are very, very difficult questions and I wouldn't ever think to answer it for someone else or particularly to judge them for what their particular decision is. But I think these are questions and these could become soon very real things in our lives which i think is worth thinking very seriously about so we're not just faced when the time comes we're not faced to it afresh and we act rashly or make do the wrong thing so we're prepared for it and i think being part of that prepared for it may have some aspects to if our consciousness in some regards carries over after physical death how that affects us
1: I totally understand where you're going. And again, the the only thing that still bothers me pretty much more than, than all of this, so from my whole journey through life and having questions and not having the answers to questions and seeing all the bullshit and the deception, and it all comes back to those same big questions. Who are we? Where are we? When are we? The answers to those questions are not so forthcoming as the normal everyday person would ever imagine. They're really not. So I suppose being certain about death, that's one thing we do know is going to happen to us. So being certain... In your holding that thought in your mind that you don't want to come back here. To me, it's, it's quite relevant, it really is, because as I say, that's the one thing we are certain about.
0: But I think you made a really good point, if I could just jump in on it before yeah. I forget. So you made the point, like, the answers to these questions, where are we, what are we, who are we, how do we get here? The very system, the way we acquire experience for our senses, the way our minds work, everything seems to be designed as a mockery. So we can never find out these answers with any certainty. It's the very system itself. But you say we have this certainty of physical death. We have no experience of consciousness ending either. And we've all taken into account, so if we can't know these things, then we just have to, as much as they're of interest, and we, we think about whilst they're here, for the grander scheme of how we're going to act, we almost just have to let them go in a sense. We have this understanding of, of, of how our senses work and our mind and we're cut off. But because we cannot know these things, then for me now, I almost have to let these things go. When I was in the monastery, I could see the shit show. I had no idea what it would be like if I left, what that would mean for the rest of my life. But I knew I'm not staying in this shit show anymore no matter what the consequences, once I get out of this, I'm going and I'm not coming back. And those are the only things I had for certainty, which I could act on from within. And now we're within the system and we're bound by being within the system. And we cannot understand what it even means to be outside the system. We can speculate, but we have no idea of knowing. All I can know is from being within the system and seeing it for what it is. I don't want to have any more to do with it well, that's not quite true. I'm going to, because suicide makes things really different and I from what I just described. But from within the system, I know there's going to be a death. And all I know is once that comes, I see the shit show. Once my death comes, I want no more to do with it. And I am not coming back, and I'm having no more contact with it, and I'm done with it. And until that point comes, I'm going to try to act according to these very base things which I have gotten from my time in the system that it's a shit show. I don't want anything to do with its agents. When I die, I'm going to be done with it. I'm not coming back because these things, I feel more deeply than all the speculation about who I am, what I am and where I am. So those things are more secondary to me now.
1: There's one thing I've been thinking about over the last few weeks while we've, I mean, you've brought up this thought process on the discord server and that anyway about not coming back and with your video but i do think about a discussion about what we call the parasite and what does strike me and it is a possibility for sure this world as it is certainly may not have been like this for as long as anybody imagines it may only be a very short time and certainly with the legal system how it is and clearly part of the reason why the legal system is was set up was to hold up the state so the, the infrastructure of the state is held up by the legal part of the system and what I'm saying that is is so the equity which is played off of each person alive today or dead from the system's perspective is what drives, it's what holds up everything and the facade that's over the top which is the monetary system that everybody sees and the stock markets and money created out of debt and all this kind of stuff factional reserve banking and all this kind of stuff is all a bullshit it's all a lie and what i was going to say is is that the from what i've seen is this legal system Um, or at least this system of birth certificates uh, and the web and how bad it is, was really only installed less than 100 years ago. So that begs the question to what life really was like back, say, in the 1800s for everybody. What would the difference have been like if you didn't have this soul-sapping system working how it is today? And it would have been, to my mind, could have been very, very different to what we imagine
0: we talked at the beginning about beyond the grave, and when I looked up like the etymology, the provided one of grave it includes dig, has essences of the underworld to engrave, to chisel, uh, which makes me think of the runes. Obviously, you got the gravestones, and then you got runes, and runes leads to the writing system, the printing press the underworld, the birth certificate, Bibles, the legal system. So this idea of beyond the grave also has this idea of beyond this, what you've described as this system where we're all viewed as dead already. And then this idea of not coming back, which is we're dead in the system, but we can't We're so attached to the system that we still won't leave it behind. So we're like dead entities who are, are every day we come back into this system like we're constantly reincarnating every day back into the underworld, back into the death system. So we're dead, but we can't we can't leave behind the system. And if we talk to I, I would like to see it come crumbling down. But whilst we're th- within the system, there's going to be pretty dire consequences for the first man that does it. So I even think this idea of, I haven't really fully thought it through, so I'm just going to throw out the base idea, and perhaps it's something I'll think about more deeply in the future, is it kind of has this same application beyond the grave to this system that you've described so well, this legal dead system. And I think that this idea of not coming back to this cult doesn't necessarily have to just be the physical death, but this interaction we have as dead entities going back in again and again, day by day, back into this shit show of a system.
1: I was just come back to my point that I was actually thinking about the parasite, wasn't I? And the one thing that strikes me about that concept is that whether that was introduced or not by a, air quotes, creator to the system intentionally, it does seem to me now that the the possibility is is that the very reason many people are here is to expunge the thing. So <laughs> go
0: with that. So yeah, after all all of that discussion, all I'm really offering is just how I see it, and the only really practical way that I have, while still within the system to defend myself from its bullshit and i'm not I'm not saying that anyone else has to take it up but this is the point where i've got to and it's the last wand of belief perhaps that i'm holding on to
1: well we've done over an hour diaper and i think that's probably poignant to a piece to end the podcast on and so that's the fourth episode of the last wonder belief in the bag thank you for joining me my friend
0: for having me we'll see
1: where we go Certainly this, I think the one thing all this coronavirus nonsense and whatever has done is show me at least that life is never going to be the same again. And they're actually trying to change the rituals that take place in the cult. So uh, we'll see where it goes. So anyway, thanks for joining me, Dapy. And that's it. Bye.